Hi there, and welcome to the Garage Night Podcast Retro Tech Edition. This week, we're going to be discussing Doble, uh, the Doble Steam Car. So uh, just a, a quick word before we get started. Uh, there's a lot of information here, and I am not an expert in steam engines, but I've done the most research I can, and uh, I just wanted to start out by saying that there may be some small inaccuracies in this, um, so bear with me. There's a lot to cover here. So uh, steam engines are very complex and not something I'm well-versed in, so um, uh, let's, uh, let's just dig into this and we'll get started and see how things go. Um, so, uh, the Doble steam car was founded by Abner Doble in 1909. Um, he began, uh, looking into and researching and kind of, uh, digging into steam cars when he was in, in high school and he built his first steam car in 1909. Um, he used for this first prototype, he used, uh, parts from the white motor steam car and uh, fixed it to an engine that was his own design. So the steam cars typically have a boiler and then a, uh, an engine. And so he designed his own engine while in high school to power this steam car. Um, by the time he created his third prototype, um, which he called the Model B, he had developed and incorporated what was known as a steam condenser. Now, a steam condenser basically takes steam um, that is used from the boiler and then... Um, Re reintroduces it back into the system, condenses it back down into water. So the steam changes state back to water so you don't have to fill up with water quite as often. And so that increased the range of water fill-ups from uh, the typical 50 to 80 mile range to about 1,500 miles. Um, so uh, in addition to adding this condensing system, um, by uh, by creating a closed system, he no longer had clouds of steam uh, emanating from the car, which was really common of steam cars in the era. Um, so uh, there's been rumors that Abner, uh, when he was um, trying to pitch this idea to the Stanley Steamer Corporation um, to incorporate this condenser, that they kind of shrugged him off. And a few years later, when this prototype was complete, he drove back to their offices and drove back and forth multiple times in front of their offices to show the car didn't produce any steam, any visible steam coming out of the vehicle, and it could go longer without filling up with water. So kind of a little uh, a little tale in there, but um, I'm not entirely sure as the accuracy of that, but uh, still pretty cool to kind of rub it in the faces of guys who snubbed you before, right? Um, so in addition to the uh, steam condenser, uh, he added an oiling system that would inject oil into the steam, or into, I guess into the feed water. And what this would do would help would help prevent corrosion. As you know, water and metal, they corrode and they create uh, rust and scale and all types of nasty stuff. So by adding this oil into the, into the water system, it would prevent that from happening and make things more efficient. So uh, Doble steam cars were considered to be the pinnacle of steam car development. They were really one of the most innovative and well-designed, well-thought-out steam cars ever built in history, period. Um, the the Model B, which was uh, Abner's uh, third prototype and, and eventually went on to, to produce a few of these, um, it could accelerate to, from 0 to 60 in only 15 seconds, which in you know the early 1900s was really impressive. Um, keep in mind that a Ford Model T um, would take 40 seconds to reach 40 miles per hour. So this was 
orders of magnitude faster than a Ford Model T. Um, one of the one of the fantastic things about steam cars is they're almost completely silent. At least the Doble ones were they were very silent operation. Um, in addition, they had super high torque, and they required no transmission and no clutch. They were all direct drive. Um, so all of these common issues that would uh, affect um, motor like gasoline cars of the era, points, ignitions, causing problems, um, you know, transmissions, uh, clutches, all of that was eliminated by just using steam. So essentially you would just control the flow of steam to the engine and the engine would accelerate and drive off from a stop or it would uh, bypass the steam through the, uh, around the engine and you could stop. Um, so, uh, these, these Dobles were known to have about a thousand foot pounds of torque, um, you know, which was pretty common, you know, steam engines had a lot of torque, but that's still pretty impressive for, uh, for an automobile. Um, the, the unique configuration, the way the Dobles were laid out is they had the boiler in the front, um, of the, of the car, and then they would have the engine in the back. And so, uh, uh, the weight distribution front to rear was very, um, it was very near 50, 50. It was a really even weight distribution. And in addition to that, the way the engine was laid out in the rear was kind of horizontally opposed. So you would have two pistons, um, in the early models and four pistons in the later models, um, in a horizontally opposed kind of boxer style configuration. And, uh, that would keep weight really low and so these cars were known to have very low uh center of gravity so they would handle really well better than almost anything on the road and they uh and they rode uh really nice at good ride quality they had a really long wheelbase most were uh over 140 inch wheelbase um so the other interesting thing about these steam cars is they can run on almost any type of liquid fuel um uh, common fuels that were used back in the day were heating oil or kerosene. Um, but nowadays, if you wanted to still run it, you could run it even on gasoline. Um, so after the Model B, uh, they, they, uh, in 1915, they continued their efforts um, to create what was known as the Doble Detroit or the Model C. Um, so the Doble Detroit uh, created kind of the architecture for the remaining Doble models up until the Model F, which was this very unique boiler system, um, which was now known as what is called a steam generator. So these steam generators uh, differed from a, a typical boiler in that they used very little water. Um, typically, it only would take a quart or two in an entire system versus about 15 gallons for most steam cars of the day. Um, this uh, boiler was uh, linked to a keyed ignition system, um, and it featured an electric starter. So as the key was turned on, there would be a draft fan that would engage. And this fan would force air through um, a, a Venturi, um, which is like a little kind of uh, uh, speed, uh, I guess it's a pressure decreaser and a speed increaser. So it would increase air velocity into um, the, uh, into the, uh, heating area of the, um, of the, uh, steam generator. So basically like they, they would call this heating area, the firebox. And so it would force air into this. And as it would pass through this Venturi, it would draw down, um, fuel. So kerosene or heating oil, and it would inject it into this, uh, into this firebox area. And so, uh, it had a single spark plug that would sit there and ignite that mixture of, of air and fuel 
and create heat inside of this firebox. And so um, the, uh, the model, uh, see the Model C, um, it had two different arrangements and early production cars used had a firebox on top of these, uh, of the, of the, of the feed water tubes. And then later, um, sorry, the early ones had it on the bottom and the later ones had it on the top. And so, um, the top would actually help force flow, uh, water flow a little bit better. Um, and it would create a counter flow kind of monotube arrangement of these feed water tubes, which were partitioned from the firebox. So underneath this firebox, there would be an arrangement of all of these tubes, like a, a typical boiler. And as the firebox would heat up, the tubes would, uh, the water would uh, basically evaporate into superheated steam and, and increase pressure inside of the, uh, inside of the boiler and force steam back through into the motor uh, or into the engine. And so um, the, the, these, um, th these boilers would reach uh, uh, heat up to 750 degrees with a typical kerosene fuel. And uh, whereas most boilers of the day um, would only achieve about 400 to 500 degrees. And so this, uh, this 750 degree, uh, 750 PSI, of of uh, superheated steam was a lot more efficient than the uh, than the less heated steam of other boilers in the day. So the heat inside of the steam generator was controlled via these little quartz rods and a metallic tray. Um, so there's this metallic tray that would sit inside of the uh, of the steam generator, and as as the uh, heat would increase, that tray would expand and contact these these quartz rods. And so as the quartz rods were contacted, it would then shut fuel and, and ignition delivery into the, um, uh, into the uh, firebox and it would, it would stop that from happening. Basically, it would turn off the burner essentially. And then once the metal uh, cooled and retracted from those quartz rods, it would uh, re-engage the uh, it would re-engage the fi the fire basically inside of the uh, steam generator. So essentially, what it was doing was it was taking advantage of the stable, uh, thermally stable quartz versus the thermally unstable um, metal, and uh, and basically created a mechanical switch um, or a thermal switch essentially. Um, what was really unique about the Detroit and basically all subsequent models of Doble was that they could start from cold in 90 seconds. They were very, very efficient. Um, typically how, uh, how steam would pass through the motor is after the firebox would heat up the steam inside of the uh, steam generator, the uh, steam would then pass through a series of tubes back to the motor or the engine in the rear. And then from that engine in the rear, the excess steam would come back up to the front and then enter into a condenser which was positioned exactly where a radiator would be in a typical gasoline engine of the year. But before it would pass through the end of the condenser, it would spin a turbine right in front of the condenser that was fixed to a fan. So this would look to be like your typical um, cooling fan on a radiator. But instead, what it was doing was it was drawing air through this condenser and cooling the steam back into water before that water would be reintroduced back into the steam generator. So it was basically creating this really nice closed system with minimal waste so you can continue to reuse your water and make it last quite a bit longer. Um, so the interesting thing about these cars is they were, they were very powerful and generated very little pollution. Um, and that, that same architecture, this same boiler system, or I guess steam generator system, was used basically in all subsequent models of Doble up until the Model F. Um, 
the uh, Doble Detroit uh, used a two-cylinder Uniflow steam engine. Uh, the Uniflow engine um, later was found to be somewhat problematic for Doble, but what it did uh, was it would use um, balanced steam, steam pressure on either side of a piston. So this, uh, instead of like a conventional like four-cycle or, or four-stroke engine where you would have, you know, you have a power stroke, a compression stroke, and um, and you have basically four different strokes, one of which is, is contributing to to moving the vehicle forward, this Uniflow uh, engine would have uh, would basically be like a, a two-stroke. It would move back and forth, but it would each stroke was a power stroke, so it it had constant delivery of power, no disruption in torque or uh, or forward motion, which was really nice. Um, but I think due to the design of the Uniflow, it, it later was found to be pr- uh, problematic. Um, so the uh, the operation of the Detroit uh, was was actually pretty simple. So if you were a user and you wanted to to drive this Detroit, it was actually very simple. You didn't have a park or a, or a neutral or anything like that. You just had a brake pedal, a gas pedal, a steering wheel, and a um, and when I say gas pedal, I mean a foot operated throttle. Um, and then you had a hand operated throttle, and the hand operated throttle would basically allow you to control cut off uh, steam cutoff, and would allow you to reverse the car. Um, so it was kind of like a, a weird little um, you know as as heat is is built up into the into the engine, it gets more efficient, and so you use less throttle. So you can kind of bias some of that with your hand operated throttle to keep your foot operated throttle a little more consistent. Um, so the Detroit was kind of this huge revelation in, in features and, um, and just innovation out of the steam car industry in the day. So it, it just blew away all the competition. There wasn't even a, a, a chance for them to, to really catch up to, to what, um, Doble could offer with the Detroit. Um, the downside was, is they didn't really understand, the manufacturing and how to implement this on a large scale yet they had you know their prototypes that worked great but um, once they introduced this into large-scale production it became kind of problematic and a lot of that they attributed to the uniflow engine but there were other various things with the boiler and stuff that they had issues with so um, they then created in 1922 they they created what was known as the model d and they changed the engine to a two-cylinder compound engine um, however, there weren't many Model Ds made. Only five, I believe, were ever built. Um, and so they uh, they took the what they learned with the Model C, uh, which was the Detroit, and then the Model D, and then implemented that into the Model E. And uh, the Model E is is the most survived Detroit uh, or uh, Doble that still that still exists today. So it's still it's it's the most uh, most examples of this still remain today. Um, and the, this was kind of the pinnacle of Doble's uh, steam development. Um, so uh, the the steam generator uh, uh, went through more optimization, and they replaced some of their passageways with uh, with uh, some cold drawn steel tubing that was over 175 meters in length, coiled inside of this steam generator. Um, it replaced the uh, the compound engine with a Wolf four-cylinder compound engine, which used both a high-pressure and a low-pressure cylinder. Um, these would balance, basically, steam pressure on either side of the engine and created more seamless power delivery. Um, these, these Model E's were known to exceed speeds of 90 miles per hour back in the day, and uh, Howard Hughes went on a speed run on uh, with his Doble and reached 132.5 miles per hour in a 1925 Doble. 
um, with these cars stripped down and, and minimal body weight, they could accelerate from zero to 75 miles per hour in 10 seconds. Now, this car was basically second to the Duesenberg in the day. So this was a, a, an incredible performance car for, for what you were getting. And these cars weren't light. They were, you know, 5,000 pound cars back in the day. Um, and, uh, speaking of pounds, <laughs> they, they were very expensive cars. So typical, um, price tag for a model E was around $25,000. And to keep, to put that in context, a model T of the day was about $260. So you could tell that this was a car that was really kind of focused on the wealthier individuals of the day um, and kind of marketed in that direction. So um, later, 1930, uh, it was the last model of Doble ever produced was the Model F. And uh, only seven cars were ever produced, and I guess two still exist today. So super interesting car company. Um, just a really neat um, way of thinking. Just all kinds of new tech that and and optimizations of a kind of a rudimentary steam design that were really kind of optimized and i think you know if given the opportunity to further develop these cars today um i think that uh you know with the, with modern tech these could be pretty uh pretty neat cars um if you could if you could recreate the steam car kind of vision and, and all of this was done in the teens and the 20s when you know when these cars were really kind of coming into their own and and unfortunately, due to some of the, um, you know, uh, I guess, innovations in the gasoline engine kind of superseded some of the steam engine development and uh, the convenience of the gasoline and, and, and as well as some mismanagement on the part of Doble and some of these steam car uh, manufacturers, they never really caught on like gasoline cars did. So, but still just unbelievable technology and just real craftsmanship in some of these cars and and uh, something you really don't see um, these days anymore. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm sure there were some mistakes, so uh, <laughs> just bear with me on this. This is a pretty complex uh, uh, design for, for me to kind of dig into, um, but I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, be sure to check out a regular podcast on Thursdays, um, and uh, tune in to any, all, the, uh, all the other Tiny Dog podcasts, and uh, have yourself a great day.